Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host via Venice Beach, California, Joey Nocho Prano. Good morning, Andrew. And our third member of today's show via Santa Monica, California, Tug Coker. Hello, Andy. Oh, that's a good one, Tug. Hello, Joe. Hello, Tug. Hello, oh, boys. It's good to see yeah. your faces. I've, I've saw, I saw Joe in person earlier this week. Very excited to give a full report on my thoughts on his journey to Pebble Beach. And, of course, I see Andy's face multiple times a week as I've taken over the Smut Studio while you're back in Cincinnati. You've seen his face on his, like, college fraternity collage that hangs in his bathroom. <laughs> the five-brother pick on the fridge a million times now as I – Go, go borrow a kombucha from <laughs> you know andy said before the show officially got rolling that the big three was back together and tug i don't know which one of us is ray allen and which one of us is kevin garnett but i'm pretty sure andy's paul pierce <laughs> <laughs> wheel them in here wow it's good it's good to have this group back well, you're gotta- the andy because you're the mvp and because you poop your pants and you're the truth, <laughs> you're the truth. yeah I'm definitely not Ray Allen. After, you know, all, all the Celtics on that team have abandoned Ray Allen. And as a Celtics fan, I've got to follow suit. So I'm, I'm definitely not Ray you Allen. You don't hold any ill will toward Ray Allen. Well, I, I, look, I, don't, I didn't – I have two things I don't love about Ray Allen. Number one being I was rooting for the Spurs against the Heat, and he, and he pulls the greatest shot I've ever – one of the greatest shots I've ever seen. And that, that's not fun. Um, but no, as far as getting a championship, I mean, would Ray Allen and I be friends? I don't know. He, the guy's apparently never eaten a hamburger since he was like a teenager or maybe even ever. So Ray Allen uh, came to the, my shows in Tahoe, came to one of my shows during the Celeb Golf Tournament. We hung out, chatted with him after his round at Edgewood a couple of years ago, and then he came to the show. I think you would be friends with Ray Allen. He was a really nice guy. I'm pulling a 180. He's a friend yeah. of Joe Prano's. Yeah. He's a friend he, of the show. I'm back a, in. He was a fantastic guy. I, I'm easily swayed. I, I, went, I just, you know, I, I blow in the wind. Whatever my friends tell me to think about someone, I do. Um, and now I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ray Allen. I love Ray. He got game. So are they still in the outs with Ray? Have they mended they, that relationship? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time Rondo talks about it or KG talks about it, they like they had a mini reunion and did not have um, have rain. That's so Rondo, Rondo shouldn't be allowed to talk at all. Now, yeah. Tug, now, Tug, I, I got to ask. You alluded to it. What's what's the status of uh, the the Smut Studio? What's going on there? Well, I know you know that you left uh, in a firestorm. Uh, you're concerned about the life uh, uh, blood of Venice. You think it's maybe a little bit of Gotham City. Uh, and Batman, but it's been cleaned up since you've gone. It's sparkling. 
I think Joe might have a take on that. <laughs> um, well, M Mildred, you're saying. Mildred, they've cleaned yeah, up Mildred. Correct. I'm only concerned about the areas uh, around Andy's. Uh, yeah, it, it, it actually, it sticks, with the, uh, it sticks with the Gotham reference is uh, Mildred Avenue used to be Arkham. And Joker, you know, freed, freed everybody. And now they have scattered throughout <laughs> the rest of Gotham. <laughs> Gotham right. has been, you know, the inmates are running the asylum. You know, I, liked I, it, I liked it when they were all just by fucking Andy's place. You, you knew where they were. Yeah. Um, but, I, but Tug, is it true that you have done, you're doing some sort of undercover homeless thing? You're like a, the, the first scene in Fletch, you've got full beard. <laughs> you wear a brown, you wear a brown the coat and, in Fletch. and infiltrate them under the pier. Well, I was, I was hoping to audition for Fletch until I, I found out, you and I both found out that you went to John Hamm. So, uh, you know, the jury's out on the redux of uh, John Hamm playing Fletch. So, you know, I, I can shave this now. My, my wife sure would want me to shave this beard. Wait, are they redoing Fletch? They are, with John Hamm. Oh, man. Why do we got to redo classics? I love Fletch. Me too. And I, I actually like John Hamm. Me too. I, I wouldn't say I love John Hamm. I like John Hamm. But those two, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't fit for me. That just seems... I mean, they're going to try whether we think we, they want to or not. But, like, I mean, you know, Chevy is sort of a, is a polarizing figure. You know, but, but everyone seems to think Fletch fits so perfectly. It's like Fletch and Chevy are the same thing. Like, yeah, exactly. Hard to separate the two. That was, his, that was his Vince Vaughn role where he was like, I'm just going to play myself and it, everybody's going to love it. I'll tell you what they won't be able to do in the remake of Fletch is the scene where Chevy Chase is – picturing himself basically as a, as a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, because that would be cultural appropriation with the Afro. Yeah. That scene, no more. Yeah, not, not a scene that probably will exist. But uh, to get back to the original point, uh, Andy, I've walked through your complex a few times, very quiet. You know, it, it feels like you, you'll be excited to come back. You know, I think I've, I've gotten your mail every week, and you have a ton of flyers. I think you have almost three pieces of actual mail. Um, I'm excited for you to dig into those. Um, but a lot of like, you know, the old, the old school Tuesday, Thursday, you know, coupons. Yeah. Sift through. Well, that, that's, that's good to know. You know, Joe and I have said forever, we think you've just turned it into like a Hawaiian themed tiki bar. Yeah, hey, listen, there's a, there's a surprise waiting for you when you return. That's all I, you yeah, I feel like Tug just stands at that kitchen counter with like a rag wiping it. Like, what can I get you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome. No, there's no troubles here. Now, Tug, let's talk about Joe's golf game. Yeah. You guys golf Tuesday. Joe golfs Pebble Beach, two weeks to Pebble. This, uh, is it tomorrow? This Sunday. Sunday. Well, I'm, I'm heading up north tomorrow. Uh, practice round Saturday. And then uh, the official round Sunday. And I'm, I'm actually worried. I'm not sure, not sure that uh, – a practice round is a smart idea. I mean, I think it's smart for me to play. I'm playing a place called Black Horse. Tug, do you know it? I don't. Uh, but figured Tug knew every golf course in America. Yeah, I wish I knew uh, that. Um, you know, playing 18 and then playing 18 again is going to be rough on the knee. I might, I might do nine on Saturday and, and tap out. That would be the smart thing to do. I'll probably end up playing both. But, yeah, Sunday is the day. And this is the reason I wanted to jump on because I don't want you guys discussing golf without me. I don't trust you guys with the keys to talk about golf. I felt like the eight or ten you know golf fans that are in the dirty sports world 
needed me uh, to talk about it. So, uh, by the way, everyone should go out and see the, the, the videos that Joe's making two weeks to Pebble. They're really funny. Shout out to Nick. Um, so I hope people are grabbing those and watching those. But, yeah, uh, they're, on my, they're on my YouTube. You subscribe. You get them early if you subscribe to the YouTube. You get them, uh, you know, a day or so later on my Instagram. But subscribe to the YouTube. I'd appreciate it. So I, I, I wanted to come on because I played Pebble back in 1999 in the prime of my golfing days. That's what, 21 years ago. My friend, I watched a couple of my buddies try to qualify for the U.S. Amateur that same year. Uh, so I know the course. Um, and there's a lot of people. I tweeted about Joe's game on Tuesday and people are DMing me. People are, are hitting us up baldly to saying Joe has no shot. And I'm here to tell you, after watching him play, that I, I agree. <laughs> no, I, I, I will say this. Pebble is hard because it's, it, it, it's, totally, it's totally climate weather dependent. It is a playable course. Like, it, it is a course that, you know, because it is a public course, anyone can get on if you pay the fee that there is, it is gettable in a sense. It really is dependent on how much weather he's going to have, whether it rains, whether it's windy. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I came out thinking more of Joe's golf game than I did going in. I think he uses his athleticism to his favor. There are gettable holes. Like I told Joe this, but this is for the golf heads out there, but the first four holes of Pebble are, are gettable. Like it's an easy par four to start. You should, you should be able to par that if you're not super nervous. You know what I mean? The, the, the golf, the clubhouse is right off the first tee, so there might be nerves because people are sort of like, you know, everyone's sort of waiting in line watching people hit. But if you can get that out there, it's a chance to start, you know, par, 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 and then you get in sort of the teeth of the golf course. And then uh, what I told Joe on Tuesday, there's three holes that are like really – there's a bunch of famous holes on Pebble, Andy, but eight, nine, and ten – Really, six, seven, eight, nine, ten all go against the, the, the cove. Seven's a scorable par three, but eight, you have to hit over the water. You have, to hit, you have to hit a shot over the water. And nine and ten are like monster par fours. I remember doubling all three of those holes when I played it. Um, so if you can survive that, then you can turn around and, and have a real chance to break 100. I'm, I'm, I really want to come up, like, start strong. You know, you said that, you know, if there's nerves, the clubhouse. I got to say, in my entire golf life, which I was talking with Andy Laz about yesterday. We played Westchester. He's like, how many, how many rounds do you think you've played? Oh. oh, there we go. We now have a fourth. This is the second baby. On so the I saw Andy bring one in. To the, uh, and I, this is my son, Quinn. He's my youngest son. He had hernia surgery yesterday. He broke into an, uh, the, the, the room to say hi. Can you say hi? Hey, Quinn. This looks right. like he's recovering solidly. Very nice recovery. Apparently, it's pretty quick. You know, a little bit of pain for two weeks. These are a lot of times, Andy and Joe, and all the dirt balls. Yeah, it's Joe. That's Joe. Now I'm going to give you back to mom, okay? Right. I know you want to stay and talk sports. This is what I like to see. He wants, he wants to talk about my golf game. Yeah, he, well, I talked. I was gossiping with him about your game, um, but I think like if the quest to get to a hundred, like what what did you say the breakdown was? What do you need to, to? So basically, bogey and a half. If you go one and a half on every hole, it's uh, ninety nine. So 
bogey and a half is 99. So for every double bogey, I need a, a bogey. For every, for every triple bogey, I need a par. It's pretty safe to say I'm not going to have any birdies. I might, uh, you know, on some of those par threes, but not, I wouldn't say likely. So I got to stay away from the quadruple bogeys. And I got I to gotta match my triples with pars, and I got to match my doubles with single bogeys. And, um, you know, I was talking to Laz about it, and he was like, how many rounds of golf would you say you've played in your life? And I tried to think about it. And I actually thought about it last night. Shout out to one of the Dirtballs who sent me the Grint app, which can, like, track your rounds and gives you a handicap and all that. And I started – there was a course ranker, like rank all the courses you played. And I think I've played, like, 13 courses in my whole life. I think that I played a course up by my house in Westchester growing up like once or twice back in the day. I played Edgewood a bunch of times, but I'd say it's between 15 and 20 rounds lifetime. And uh, Laz was like, well, I don't think anybody in history has played 15 rounds of golf and shot a hundred at Pebble. That would be some sort of, you know, record, but he's like, anything is possible. You know, he doesn't believe in me either, but here's the thing. I'm going in with this. Bring the KG back, the full callback. Anything is possible. <laughs> I'm going in with this strategy. I'm going to my caddy, and I'm going to go, I am not trying to play the best round of golf I can possibly play. I am trying to have a score of 100 or below. So let's just nice and easy, play it safe, just no quadruple bogeys, couple pars here, couple triple bogeys there. Otherwise, stay right in bogey, double bogey round. I'm going to have to smoke a lot of weed. And, uh, you know, anything's possible. Why I brought you on, Tug, what I really want to know is you've been under the hood. You said it's not going to happen. But I need odds. Like, because I, I want to know what the money line is. Because a lot of people want to bet against me at this point. Tug thinks I can't do it. Andy Laz is no longer in my corner. No one thinks I can do it. So what is the number? Because I might, I might bet it. If, if it's 25 to 1 or 30 to 1, maybe I'm the one who's taking all these bets. 30? <laughs> hold on. Joe, I put it at 1,000. Like, 1,000? Like, like, okay, so I have some insider info. Let me hop in here real quick, if I may. My buddy, I was with two buddies last night, two big golf buddies. My one buddy, his brother golfed Division One. College golf. So obviously he's a very good golfer. A lot of his friends end up going pro, whatever. He golfed Pebble. He shot a 91 and he thought he played a decent game. My buddy, this, this is what my buddy gave me last night. He goes, if Joe, and he listens to the show, he goes, if Joe's being accurate based on his experience and all that, and if he's really playing the drops, he's saying 136. What? Wow. That's offensive. It, it, it is I, I, I'm, I'm offended. Are Immediately you, take that bet. Immediately take a 136. Yeah. Are, are you, are you, I think that's what he said. Maybe he said 126. Are you saying, are you going to count all, any, anything drops yeah, the water? I'm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to play it legit. I mean, the, you know, the guys, Laz and the, the gang I play with, you know, they give each other, you know, the three foot putts. Um, I like to hit those in just for the satisfaction sometimes, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play, the round as if we were playing the round and I'm going to keep my score and, and these guys gamble and I'm going to be paired with somebody. So my score is going to matter for other things than my quest to a hundred. 
So no one's giving me freebies. Wait, three no foot. I, see, I don't get that. You should. You have to hit the ball in the hole. What's the three foot putt rule? Oh, Andy. I mean, look. They're, they're, like when when you're not playing like a real tournament, sometimes you just give people strokes to move the game along. Like we're trying to move. But then that's not real, in my opinion. Well, it, 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 in match play, there's an there's a there's an event where you play mat, you play against each other, and you can both decide to give each other shots because you're trying to only beat them on that particular hole. So it depends on the event that you're playing. Well, I don't want to get the minutia of golf, but like, you know, this is why I'm on. This is yeah. why I'm on today. Look, um, my, again, my point is, I I like to hit those in regardless. I like to feel the satisfaction of completing the holes, uh, generally, but. Uh, my point was that my round, my round is going to matter for other people there separate from my score of 100, separate from two weeks' pebble. There's skins involved. There's a lot of gambling involved. No one's given me money. Because What's your handicap right now after you use the app? What's your handicap? Like 25. You know, but it's a guesstimate right now. It's like 25. You know, it's like got the approx 25 yeah. because okay. I, I don't have enough rounds. So we have a question in the YouTube comment section. This is a good question by Christian Folsom. He says, can Dirtballs gamble on Joe's score with a certain percentage going to the Thust Fund? Well, this is what I'm saying. This is why I want a number because also my, my thought is this. Let's say like every, every gambling site or every casino, if there's a VIG taken out, right? I'd love to give, you know, the VIG to a charity. and. I have, I have myself and I have other people in my life who will put up a certain amount of money to make bets. But first, I need a line. I need a line. You know, I said 100 because it's a nice number. Everybody seems to agree that that's not going to happen. Now, give me a number. I think you know, that's why, that's, that's why Tug's here. I was going to say, this is kind of Tug's area. So you're playing from the – just so everyone knows, you're playing from the gold tees – the, the championship tees, the U.S. Open tees, are 7,000 yards. So it's not even that long of a course. Pebble, typically in modern day age, is not that long for the pros, which is why it's so reliant on weather, 7,000 yards. The next set of tees is the blue, which is 6,800. And then the next tees are which, where Joe is playing, which is the gold. So it's 600 yards shorter than where Tiger and Phil would play the U.S. Open. Um, you know, par 72 – um, so that your handicap has you shooting in 97, but the handicap's usually on your, for your best rounds. I mean, I, what's, and it's funny. I don't know why, you know, I, I haven't had a round except for Westchester. I haven't had a round under a hundred. So I don't know why they're giving me a 25. I'm just inputting my scores. I'd say somewhere between the 107 and 110 range would be a fun number to play with. I mean, um, that gives you, what, 30, basically double bogey golf, let's say. Let's say 36 strokes, right? So let's say 108. Yeah. Double bogey golf. So you're going to set the over-under at 108. Yeah, let's say 108. Uh, that means, you, you know, you're allowed to make a double on both holes. And I still think people will take the, <laughs> the uh, whatever, whatever over 108 is. Um, but, the, but the bigger question, Tug, is what's the money line on 100 or below? Plus 600. Plus six, six to one? Yeah. Jeez, I was like 30 to one. Ruther's going a million 30, to one. 31 is just, there's, there's too much, there's too much, um, 
it just gives you too, it just, it leaves, it leaves the house too vulnerable. Um, That's what I was hoping for. Yeah, exactly. I was Uh, hoping for a lot of people that want, you know, uh, that want to get in on 10 bucks and uh, me me, me having to pay out 12 to their 10. Yeah. And, uh, and Kevin Garnetting it and giving, you know, $1,500 to the Boys and Girls Club of Venice. I mean, you can do 10 to one. I mean, you know, I think, I feel like if you played 10 rounds there, I think you could break a hundred one time. I, I mean, that, that seems like a fair, a fair thing. Again, you know, they, they want you to play well because they want you to remember the experience and come back and pay what is upwards of $500 per round. So yeah. you're going to set it up in a favorable manner. Um, but it just depends on what day you get, because if you, for those of you who weren't born in 1992, Tom Kite won, the U.S. Open, and on that seventh hole, which is like a hundred-yard par three, it's very short. Like it's it's a very playable par three on a benign day. They're using their longest. They're using four irons into uh, that hole, which is like unheard of. From go from lob wedges, sand wedges to four irons because of the wind is craziness. So just hope that you got a perfect day, no wind, and you got, and I think you got a chance, a one in ten shot of breaking a hundred. All right, there it is, ten to one. 10 so, to 1 dirt balls. So how is this going to work? It's a great question. I'm going to talk to I'm going to talk to my bank, my bank rule and uh and see who's see if I can get a backer. I have a feeling if I say the backing is going to go to the Boys and Girls Club of Lake Tahoe that uh my good friends at McDuff's might act as the bank. Oh really? Yeah. But I'm going to reach out to them today and find out. So if you're interested, slide in my DMs and let me know. You get 10 10 to 1. And well, the fun thing about this, it's like it becomes a totally different event when you're trying to break 100 or break 10, you know, whatever 108. Um, then you're like maybe not hitting driver off the, the tee. You're playing irons and you're just trying to. And I saw Joe do that this week. I mean, he hits the ball, you know, well enough to move the ball forward. It really comes down to some. You don't want to be in positions where you're chipping and you're putting. Like you know, you said that was helping you the other day, but that, you know, the greens. Uh, Pebble are, are typically slower than most pro, you know, tournament courses, but they're gonna be different than what we've been playing. I played Westchester yesterday. Uh, not a great round, uh, very inconsistent, but I did chip a ball in from about 150 feet away. 150 foot downhill over a mound onto the green, rolling. Of course, we weren't rolling on the footage that time, but yeah, uh, m- many people can attest. Should have saved that for Sunday. I know I should have, but you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. You just need that one shot that gives you a little bit of confidence that going in made me just got me back on my Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible. <laughs> and Andy, the last thing I want to say about, you know, people throughout the country who are listening, you know, the courses in Southern California, the public courses are a little different. Like I, he mentions this course called Westchester, which is right next to LAX. And um, a lot of people go there. There's a lot of traffic, a lot of volume. There's a, there's a uh, driving range right next to the first hole. I don't play this course anymore because I played it one time, and on the first hole, someone hit me in the neck with, <laughs> with a golf ball. From you the got a fucking range. ball in your neck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I will fail the rest of the round with the, the, the golf ball in my neck. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean – this will be a pleasure for Joe just to get out outside of LA and play in a course where people aren't like torpedoing you with golf balls. It was, uh, it was funny. I put up that I put up last week that I was playing Westchester and asked for a round, you know, predictions. And somebody was like, 
I, I don't know if they thought I was playing Westchester Country Club in New York or something like that, but it was a, like it was like the most aggressive response I ever heard. It was like, is this you trying to show off? Tell us you're a fucking rich kid from New York. You fucking knew the mayors your whole life playing Westchester. I was like, I'm basically playing Terminal 3 at LAX. <laughs> it's fucking $22 with a cart. I'm, the, I'm literally the world's poorest golfer. Well, Prano, you look pretty good now. The, the, the mustache is looking good. But I think you need to do a fresh shave probably at that point since you grow hair so quickly. Before Sunday, you need to get some Harry's razors to clean up a little bit. Oh, absolutely, Andy. I, have, I, I shaved, I think it was you know, two days ago. I will let this go. I'll play the practice round with a little stubble. And first thing Sunday morning, crack of dawn, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get a nice, crisp, close shave because I'll tell you, Andy, the whole thing about Pebble for me, I don't care how I play, really, but I'm going to look spot on. I've got a whole outfit planned and the, the cherry on the top is a nice, clean shave. When I show up to that first tee box, people are going to be like, look at that mustache. And you know what makes a mustache pop? The rest of your face around you just being smooth as a baby's bottom. That's right. And we're in the middle of a pandemic, as everybody knows. Time to save money. Listen to some of these numbers. How much could you save in one year by switching to Harry's, dirtballs? Enough to buy 26 cups of coffee in New York City. Enough for three deep dish pizzas from diners in Chicago. Enough to pay your six months of your Netflix subscription. Guys, Harry's delivers high-quality blades as low as $2 each, a fraction of the price for the leading brand and saving you hundreds of dollars. And I really want to give some of my Harry's because they sent a bunch out to my friend Todd Coker here because he is looking scraggly. He needs to clean that up. Let's get him looking nice and fresh. Guys, listeners of Dirty Sports can redeem their trial set at harrys.com forward slash dirty. With that, you'll get a weighted ergonomic handle or firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, that rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Once again, go to harrys.com forward slash dirty to start shaving and saving today. Andy, can I talk honestly for a second about Harry's razors? Sure. The, one, the, the number one thing I enjoy about Harry's razors is I no longer have to go to the razor blade aisle at a pharmacy and stand behind the plastic. And they'll be like, yeah, we'll have somebody help you in a minute. 14 years later, I've written my hundredth letter home to my mother. Dearest mother, as I await customer service here at aisle seven at CVS, waiting for them to open this plastic. I want to remind you that I will return home after I thwart this razor blade case. Exactly. Get it shipped directly to your house, especially during uh, this current year. What could be better? Okay. Major League Baseball has officially started today. It's starting today. We have sports, real sports. Nothing against our friends who like soccer, but we got real sports today, Joe. Opening day, we got a couple games today. Today is opening day. And I'll tell you what, man, I have a lot of mixed feelings because I was watching last night the Cubs-Twins, you know, exhibition game. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I was with a couple buddies, right? You know, we're just hanging out, talking, eating some pizza, watching a little sports. It's weird. Uh, like, I don't know if you've watched it. I, I'm sure you – I don't know if you watched the Mets exhibition. I have, Yeah. 
it, it's weird with no fans. Yeah, of course. I mean, it was a couple of years ago that the Orioles played that game with no fans and the whole world, the, the whole, at least the whole baseball world tuned in. They're like, this is crazy. And now every game's going to be played like that. You know, season ticket holders have their cardboard cutouts. The White Sox are doing cutouts of like players, kids. Uh, it's just, yeah. I mean, a couple of things are nice, you know, hearing the crack of the bat, hearing a little bit more of the natural sounds of the game. It sounds like we're going to get some more players mic'd up and stuff like that. It's going to be, it's going to be a whole different season really. And I guess I'm excited about it being different. You know, it's, it's not business as usual and that's exciting, but it is going to be weird. Yeah. Is there, is there anything that you guys in particular are looking forward to most in this 60 game, no fans, just out of the ordinary season? Tug? I think, I think I'm looking – similar to what Joe just said, I mean, I, you know, I'm look, looking forward to things maybe being shaken up a little bit. I mean, we're talking about the extra inning um, ideas, uh, you know, starting at second base. Like, whether or not we really – whether or not you like it or not, I think it's fun just to see it play out. And let's – I think sports needs more of this. I mean, so much of sports are rooted in, like, the tradition of stuff, especially baseball. So maybe baseball can use this as a catalyst to implement some changes uh, that bring more people in to want to watch the, the, the game. Like, the, I mean, we, we may watch – people are like, I hate the, you know, the extra inning rule. I think it's stupid. But let's but instead of just like guessing whether or not we're gonna like it, let's see how dramatic it is. Yeah. Let's see it play it's, out. Yeah, let's see it play out and see if it's like, oh, this is actually really fun. Maybe it's something that people will be willing to implement. I mean, that also what I'm interested in is, you know, every year some team starts off hot. I think the Mariners started off so hot last year and then became, you know, an igloo. But there's this is a season where like if you can start your season up hot, it actually can carry over. Yeah, success. So I, I'm interested to see if because of that, we get some weirdness in the playoffs. Teams that we didn't expect to be close have a nice little run and make it in. Like a team that, you know, has been garbage over 162 stays healthy long enough to surprise. I think that could yeah, be Yeah, because, you know, 162 is – everything's going to even out over 162 games and there is a science to playing 162 and 60 games like tug said i mean if a team stays hot and forget even staying hot but if you if you stay if you're hot out of the gate and then you feel good i mean you could you could potentially carry chemistry to a world series yeah and i i think it's basically i mean you know, to go back to KG, every team should be screaming anything is possible right now. I mean, I was talking to Laz about his Giants uh, the other day, which everybody, you know, kind of agrees are in full rebuild mode. They also have Billy Hamilton. I mean, you put Billy Hamilton on second base in extra innings, ball game's over. Hit a fly ball, you lose. You know, yeah. you, or you win, I should say, if you hit a fly ball. But give up a fly ball, you lose. This guy's scoring from second base on a long fly ball. I like to, I like your point about, you know, teams who start hot. Let's not forget a couple of years ago when the Dodgers, what they won 108 games when they lost in the World Series to the Red Sox. I believe after 60 games they were either 500 or below and then they went on a tear, right? After the Nationals were the same way. The Nationals, yeah, the, the Nationals were the 
you know, fourth team in the NL East last year. So 60 it, games in. It really is the anything is possible. Do you guys think they finish the season? I'm going to say yes. I do. I do too. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go against you guys just because I want it to happen. Well, I think well, two things. I mean, the, the, tests, the tests that the bubble created for, for the NBA, you know, sh- showed some value because, you know, that, that seems to be working at the moment. No, no, you know, all negative tests coming back for the NBA. So that's showing that the, their thoughtful process seems to be making some sense. Baseball, you know, there's some travel involved. But the game itself seems perfect to, with the exception of golf, where you don't have to touch another person the entire round. There seems to be well-suited to defend against, you know, the, 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 the things that spread the, the virus. So, to me, I think there's a real chance. Do you, guys but, think, do you guys think fans will be at the World Series at that no, point? No. I agree with that. I agree with Joe. How crushing. That would be crushing. If your team goes to the World Series, how do you implement, you know, social distancing? You're already going to have a run on tickets. You already have a run on tickets when when you can sell out your game. It's like, it'll just become such a shit show if they're like, we're selling 12,000 fans this game. So now who gets to go, you know? Yeah. Did you see, this is a, a late development in the last 24 hours. They're talking about adding 16 total playoff teams now, like even for this season. To go I didn't from see 10, that. Yeah. yeah, to go from 10 to 16. And again, that adds more variability into the season. I mean, if, you, if, and I, I, if, you're, a, if you're a top heavy team, like if you're a favorite, like the Dodgers or the Yankees, you probably don't want to see that. Yeah. You don't want to get into the randomness of a, of a best of three. But if, if baseball wants to, to sort of put kerosene on the chaos fire and just say, let's make this as weird a year as possible and see what works. Like, let's just, let's just use this as like a, a litmus test for the future. Just two out of three, you know, become fun for us. I would say get all your weirdness out this year, baseball, and try everything. And then if two things stick, then you've improved the game, then great. To, to go back to our, our Gotham reference from the beginning, I feel like this baseball season is the pile of money that the Joker lights on fire in Dark Knight. You know? He's just like, some people just want to watch it burn. Like, just chaos, chaos, chaos. So guys are starting on second base, 60 games. Everybody makes the playoffs. You know, one inning elimination, wild card rounds. You're like, whatever. Okay, fuck it. Let's go. Toronto doesn't have a place to play. I mean, yeah. we really are. Baseball the, really has entered the, the Gotham stage. Of the last, the, the last uh, wild card team will be decided by which pitcher can out throw a motorcycle driving next to him, you know, like in an old school <laughs> fucking. I mean, for me, I mean, as a person who, who does like baseball, but doesn't really get into baseball until the latter half of the season, I think this is a great way for, for people to be tuned in right off the bat and I think you know you see that with um with with golf right right there was not a lot of people were so starved for live sports that people the golf ratings are up I think you'll probably see people be more into baseball and baseball needs to take advantage of that if baseball doesn't take advantage of the the runway that they have it's it's it really speaks I know a lot of people on this podcast don't think that highly of Rob Manfred this would probably be the nail in the coffin I feel like but what I, by the way, I agree with all this. I love this. I love this idea of just throw it all at the wall. Let's test it all out. 
But there's also just issues like the Blue Jays thing I joked about. I mean, guys, opening day is today. The Toronto Blue Jays do not have a place to play their home games. Oh, they're not playing in Pittsburgh. No, that was canceled yesterday. Really? The, the authorities in Pittsburgh aren't going to allow it, which don't even get me started on the hypocrisy of all this weird stuff. Maybe the Blue Jays are the joker. Can we continue this Gotham metaphor through the entire episode? So Uh, one of the things being recommended, I don't know if either of you saw this, and this would suck if you're a Blue Jays player. I mean, it already sucks. 60 road games. So let's say they were scheduled to play like (laughs) 60 road games. After, After playing 60 road games, if the Toronto Blue Jays make the playoffs, they're going to show up to the team and be like, I wonder how I got these scars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every game on the road. My father came home. He said, every game on the road. So they're basically saying, let's say they have a three-game series against the Yankees. What they're saying now is they would just make it like six and just stay in New York. And for three of those games, they would be the home team. I mean, they're kind of out of options at this point. What's funny about that is, like, you know, Toronto's not allowed to play in Toronto because they don't want people coming in from the U.S. So instead, we're going to make you do the one thing that you're not supposed to be doing, which is traveling all the time. All the time. The next two two months. Uh, If they come away with zero negative tests, the people should be hiring, instead of Dr. Fauci, they should be hiring the Toronto Blue Jays staff figuring how to solve. I just don't understand why they don't pick. I know, I mean, we're talking about they, they couldn't play in a lesser state. They couldn't play in AAA Buffalo because the stadium's not up to quality. Would you rather, would you rather like a, you know, a, a B-minus level clubhouse and locker room or to travel every day for an entire season? It seems so crazy to me. Just let them play in fucking Bangor, Maine. And by the way, that is just not a good look for Buffalo. Let's yeah. be honest. Like, yeah, like, like it, they literally do not have a home. And the Blue Jays are like, nah, I'm good. We'll just play on the road the whole year. <laughs> yeah. like, like, how bad is – what is this we're gonna, we'll like? Skip it. We're going to skip. We're going to take a – we're going to skip this season. We're good. I, I feel like the Buffalo Bills AAA – not Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo AAA Stadium, right? I feel like that's the equivalent of – the Bills Mafia. Like, when I picture the type of Bills Mafia person, I picture, you know, he who shall not be named, type of degenerate, you know, a guy who poops in socks. I feel like that's the that's – one, real- one, one of our servicemen. I just want to remind people. Yeah, that is the equivalent of this stadium. How bad can this stadium be, like you said, that they would rather do two months on the road? But I'm saying even forget, forget Buffalo, like even just in that area, you're talking about upstate New York, you know, eastern Pennsylvania, New England. There's not a place, there's not a good minor league stadium in the whole area that'll have these guys. One of the most exciting young teams in baseball. What happened to the Ra- The Rangers just got a new stadium. What happened to their other perfectly fine stadium? Like, can they just go down? To, did they blow that up already? Yeah, because that, because they're doing regional games, so they got they got to be somewhere in the Northeast so they can play the Red Sox and the gotcha. Yankees and the Mets and the Phillies gotcha. and the Orioles. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. What's going well, can on? I ask you guys before we before we uh, you know you can I just ask about predictions since we're talking about chaos. Can we just talk about who, uh, 
Yeah. Obviously, all subject to change. But I'm curious to see what you guys think about the season. Um, I know nothing, so I'll go first. Well, I've actually read a lot this week. Okay, give it to uh, me. Then. I'll, I'll learn from you. You know, like you said, I mean, the odds – you're not going to learn anything. The odds on favorites are the Dodgers and the Yankees. I, I, I am very scared for my Reds because they have become this pick of basically everybody to win their division. So, because the Reds have – the Reds probably have the best pitching staff. They added some bats. I am – so, like, that terrifies me, right, when you become the hot pick. Yeah. And, and they haven't made the playoffs since 2013. So, uh that division's up for grabs. Joe's Mets are also in a real tough division. I think a lot of good teams, you know, are going to be vying for that. Already uh, Mets. Mets already dealing with their yearly bout of injuries. That season I, hasn't even fucking started yet. I saw. Who, who, who got injured again? Stroman out. Torn rib cage. Uh, Gesselman out. Uh, Syndergaard missing the entire season. Robbie Cano is healthy, although uh, – arguable whether or not he's actually alive so there's a zombie playing second base and for some reason hitting third so that's a factor um yeah it's gonna be a tough division i mean you've got the defending champs they've obviously lost a couple players but they're still pretty young and they're relatively healthy they still have pitching the braves young winning the division you know the last couple years they're gonna be tough but I actually like the Mets' chances in a 60-game season. Um, the last couple of years, the Mets, uh, without June, run away with the NL East. They they lost. They won. I think they won a grand total of two games the last June. We're skipping by June entirely. We're starting in late July. I love it. We yeah. should start baseball July first every year. Here's what I'm gonna say about the Dodgers because the Dodgers are like an overwhelming favorite to win the World Series because of their talent, obviously, you know. I disagree. Well, well, I'm saying on paper, they are, though, the Vegas favorite. But they still got that manager, man. Like, come playoffs, you still got Dave Roberts. I am not going to pick the Dodgers. I don't even know if I'm ready to make predictions because there's just too much going on. But I will predict the Dodgers do not win the World Series. I'll tell you what. They did it. The Dodgers just got the Ruther curse. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Your 2020 World Series champions. The one thing, I mean, you have to like the, you know, the Mookie signing is interesting. You know, I know you're, you want to talk about the 10-year contract, which we can circle back to, but the guy is a quality bat, quality player. I think that's a nice addition, obviously, you know, the person who's watched him play in Boston. Um, but I'm wondering for the Dodgers, does the shortened season actually – Help them because of uh, you know the, the the years the last couple of years seem so far away. It seems so far away. Like, do they not have any sort of mental hangups or hangovers because they there's other they almost like sometimes when people who are head cases have other things going on, they get the they free up and because there's so much stuff happening in the world, I'm I'm just wondering if that frees them up in some way to just let them go out and play and maybe this is this is the year it happens. Well, I think there's two uh, two potentials with the Dodgers and I I actually think the Dodgers would be especially if they go to 16 uh playoff teams I think the Dodgers chances of winning the World Series improve if they sneak in or you know or 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 don't win the division in a runaway I think the worst thing for the Dodgers to win the World Series would be for the Dodgers to go 50 and 10 and breeze in 
and everything is great. That's when I think the wheels come off because they don't face any sort of adversity. They got Mookie Betts all locked up. They've got their thing. I feel like the Dodgers are going to need to feel some sort of pressure throughout the season. And honestly, I love that San Diego team that they're putting together. I don't know. I, you know, it's potentially still too early for them to really compete, but a 60-game season, anything is possible. So I love it. Andy, Tug reminded me, since you just said the Dodgers won't win the World Series, um, of, of how strong and powerful the Andy Ruther curse is. So I'm just going to need you to say it word for word that I absolutely, 100%, it, actually anything isn't possible, will not shoot 100 or better at Pebble Beach. <laughs> you absolutely will not 100% shoot a 100 at Pebble Beach. Thank you. I appreciate that. I wonder how many dirt balls just took their money, like revoked their Venmos to me. Well, see, that's why I'm scared. I like my Reds. I like my Reds a lot. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, don't, don't do this. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, man, it scares me because everybody's picking them, but I, I like their staff. I like what they added. The Reds are going to be one of the biggest beneficiaries in the NL of the DH, of some of the guys they picked up. So I like that. But, again, I, I, dude, I don't, I don't know. Like, like, guys, none of us know how teams are going to handle just a weird season, right? Like, the anything is possible is basically sports, in my opinion, through the rest of 2020. I think that goes across – all the leagues. So I don't really know. And then, you know, in the AL, I mean, what, who do you guys like? Are, are, we, are we sticking with the favorites? Are we looking at, you know, the Yankees, the Twins? I'm actually, I like the Twins a lot this year. And, I'm, and not only that, it's, it's for karmic reasons. I feel like so much of this started out of Minnesota, the year 20, there's so much focus of George Floyd, 2020. I believe there's full karmic uh, energy happening. I'm sure – Guys like Charlie Ryan and Stanga are not loving me saying this, but um, I like teams like the A's. Yeah. And, what about Anaheim? And uh, uh, Anaheim's interesting, um, but I'm going to go with – I'm just going to go with, like, uh, storyline years. So I'm, let's look at the A's. I agree. I think, I think this could be, you know, the A's never having a – you know, never getting there. This could be the, the, the short season that the totally A's need. Agree. And, and, then, and then they never return again. And this is what the A's get. The A's get, you know, money ball two. Anything is possible. And, and then that's it. And then the story ends. And they go back to being a wild card team that loses in, you know, a play-in game every year for eternity. Uh, I like, obviously, you know, the Yankees are, are stacked. Um, I still, you know, the, the Yankees and the Dodgers are very similar to me. I'm not sure Aaron Boone is highly competent, um, but the jury is still out. I know that um, I know that uh, Dave Roberts is not a competent manager, at least strategically. Seems seems like a good locker room guy. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Boone still still up for discussion, but uh, you know the Yankees. Big swing and miss lineup. Uh, you know, they obviously added Cole, which is a fan. Like, you know, you, you added one of the best pitchers in baseball. That's not going to make you worse. But big swing and miss lineup. Like, to me, to me, the favorites aren't the favorites because of the weirdness. 
That makes sense. Well, we should discuss the Mookie Betts signing, but before we do that, we're trying to make our predictions. And I'm happy to announce if you want to get some real mathematical predictions that's going to help you with any of your sports picks or online bets. Guys, our friends are back. GTP picks. Remember them, Joe Prano? Of course. Well, they've been rebranded, and I love the new name. They are now Game Theory Picks. Still GTP, but it's Game Theory. Is that what game? Is that what GTP picks stood for the whole time? I assume. Game Theory Picks. I love these guys. They have uh, added me to their email list for this year, and and you know they helped me get through. I mean, the, remember the epic Andy Ruther meltdown slash comeback i was using a lot of their info to help guide my picks and uh, i love these guys and what is better than being able to gamble on sports in these wild times i love it these guys having a model to help you win we need sports back we need gambling back i need to get game theory picks uh prediction on my pebble round but i i love this i'm so excited these guys are back well, what's great is they've now changed their subscription options. So they offer a weekly, monthly, and yearly subscription option. And guys, by August 1st, Major League Baseball, NBA, and the NHL will all be started. So now is the time. And if you sign up before August 1st, you receive your first week of Game Theory picks absolutely free. So mark it down right now. Go to GameTheoryPicks.com. And use promo code FREEWEEK to get your first week for free. Once again, this is before August 1st. So don't wait. Get your ass moving. Do this right now. Go visit GameTheoryPicks.com and use promo code FREEWEEK to get that first free week. So the Dodgers signed Mookie Betts long-term yesterday, as we know. It is a massive $380 million deal. I, I, here's the thing. It's a, it's a 12 year deal. I, I just, I know we've done this before, Joe. I just, I understand why these things happen, but I, I still don't quite get them. And it's not exactly football. Cause I know Tug has had this discussion many times on the show as well with the long-term deals and getting guys in the rookie contract at the quarterback position. But my, my concern for these deals basically in all of them is how many good years are you getting out of this player? And I asked that question on Twitter, like a legit question. I wasn't trying to argue with anybody, you know, just wanted to see who has this worked out for. And I put together a list as well for us to discuss. And, and I, I think this is a good area for you, Tug, as well, because I, I know you know this stuff pr- probably pretty well as far as how the contract stuff's work. What do we think about this deal? Because it's a 12-year deal. It's, it's a lot of money. I just – how many good years are they going to get out of Mookie Betts? And again, the history is really not on your side, but is it now where they have to do these deals? Uh, yes, they, they have to do these deals. Um, Mookie Betts is going somewhere else and giving, getting that money. And we've seen this in the past, you know, even going back to some of the guys on these con- – some of the guys who these contracts have worked out for, A-Rod, uh, probably the best example of a guy who got two big deals. Both of them worked out. Um, but he went to the Rangers because they offered him the most money. No one, no, no one's growing up dying to be a Texas Ranger. 
Nolan Ryan's kids didn't want to be Texas Rangers. Like no one wants to be a Texas Ranger. But if, if you're not willing to pony up the money and you're the Dodgers and you have a ton of money, somebody's going to come there and do it. I mean, Manny Machado's in San Diego now. Like there's somebody's going to, and obviously San Diego's selling you a lot better off the field than, uh, than 145 degrees in Arlington, uh, you know, every day, but somebody's going to give you that money. So yeah, you do have to do the deal. Um, I think part of these deals now is especially in baseball uh, as opposed to like the football deals, obviously they're not fully guaranteed. Um, so there's a tap out situation at some point, but in baseball, you're basically counting on uh, these guys falling off and you're paying for seven years, six or seven years. Uh, but you're paying for 10 years to get six or seven years because it's but just part of the deal. I would argue, I would counter that. And, and by the way, I agree with as far as where your sentiments from, I would argue, and I agree with a rod of the, of the 10, I, I just wanted to look at 10 plus year deals since his deal is 12 of those deals. Joe, how many of these are actually going to work out? Joey Votto for the Reds ain't working out. Albert Pujols didn't work but, out. But now, but now for the Reds, Joey Votto's played well for the entirety of his contract. He's not Joe Maurer. He didn't well, fall off. Look, Joey Votto just came second in the MLB, NL MVP voting. Uh, I think it went two or three years removed, and obviously he won an MVP. But like that contract, he signed in 2014 for 10 years. Yeah. Votto has fallen off big time the last two years. He has. Robinson Cano, bad contract. Pujols, bad. I, I, I'm just saying, like, we don't know how the Trout, the Harper, and again, and again, Robinson Cano was good for the Mariners for a long time, but not and five or six years. I think Joe hits on a good point, which is who's who's paying the money, right? Because when 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 teams that aren't able to still fund money into the team are are putting most of their their their, their pie graph on one player. It's hard for them to get multiple players. The Dodgers and the Yankees are so committed sure. to winning that they're going to throw money at Mookie Betts and then throw money at Clay Bellinger and then throw money at someone else. Like they're only—that's why it makes sense to me for these these teams who are, especially the Dodgers, who are so hungry to win. You have to do this. And baseball is a team sport, but it's an individual contest when you're at the plate. And the idea of Focusing on one guy when you don't have to worry about the guy behind him in the lineup is way easier. So it's like Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz are in Seattle and that's it. You know, it's a totally different story when Mookie Betts is squeezed between Justin Turner and Clay Bellinger. Well, he's going to have a hard, he's going to have a way easier time producing while when they continue and what the Yankees have always done and, and they certainly did it in the A-Rod years and even in the Jeter years and you could argue Jeter's contract did or didn't work out I mean Jeter's contract let's let's be honest they overpaid him regardless but they overpaid they made that money back tenfold you know selling respect hats yeah. um so you know but the guy who bats behind A-Rod for the length of his 10-year contract in New York is a different guy every year that they go, we're getting the next best DH. We're getting the next best DH. We're getting the next best DH. 
No, I, I agree. And I think that's, that's probably the silver lining, Tug, is your point as far as the market. When you're the Seattle Mariners, the Cincinnati Reds, and you lock up one dude and you're not going to have the budget. Well, I think about it of like, um, like in casinos, right? Like you, you have people that have bankrolls. And you see the, the people who are not winning betters. Everyone, everyone's going to lose. But people have a better chance of winning when you're able to keep firing uh, with, with, you know, with, at, when, you, when you have an edge. So, for instance, the Mariners are like the guy who comes in and, ha- and, and, the, and they're a little the, – the, the better's a little scared, right? We're going to take one big shot, but it has to work out. If we don't hit, then we're done betting again. The Dodgers are like, I'm going to keep betting. My, my bankroll's so big, I'm going to keep betting until I hit. And that's, that's the way I see it with, like, you know, the big market. That's where the big market teams have huge advantages and need to take big swings like this. Um, and, where think- and, and there's also, you know, there's also guys, I'm not sure Mookie Betts is one, but it's, he's certainly trending to be one. There are guys like, for example, uh, Mike Trout. Mike, you know, I, knock on wood and Andy, don't jinx it or whatever, but, like, barring some catastrophe – Mike Trout's contract is going to work out because he's never had anybody behind him. And he's trending as one of the greatest ball, ball players to ever walk the face of planet Earth. A-Rod's contract worked out twice because A-Rod was incredible. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they paid Barry Bonds, but they got their money's worth. And then some. Uh, there are some guys who it doesn't matter where they are and who's hitting behind them. You know, Mookie Betts, I think, has been uh, blessed to be in the Red Sox organization up to this point. Um, but he's certainly trending as a guy who is going to work out. I mean, but he also looks like a guy who could be a six-year, you know, value. And then, you know, the Dodgers paid for those six years, and they're going to pay for four more. And then they'll, you know, Bobby Bonilla gets the headlines, but – it, it wouldn't shock me if the Dodgers are still technically paying Mookie Betts in 2050. Yeah. I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. is still getting paid by the Reds. Oh, God. Mookie's a world-class bowler, so I, I root for, for Mookie because he's the best bowling athlete in the game. Is that, is that a fact? Fact. Multiple 300 games. Wow. Um, you know, Chris Paul has his charity you know, benefit every year for bowling, but Mookie, I think, is the best bowler out there. That's my tug nug of the day. <laughs> It's a good talk now. I love how he, he, he sunk back into that one. I, did, I know. And I'm done. I'm done. Okay, guys. And I'm going to go. <laughs> Earpod drop. Uh, I'm going to share that one with Walt because he's still – he just he won't stay away – he doesn't even bowl. He won't stay away from the damn bowling alley. I'm like – Well, yeah, no one should be bowling right now. Well, he's not even bowling. He went up there I've last said, I've said on I've said on this show no one should be bowling ever again that this pandemic definitely started by somebody eating chicken wings, licking their <laughs> fingers, and sticking it into a bowling ball, and then somebody else using it. That is where, you know, Trump calls it the China flu. I call it the Brunswick flu. Oh, and for the, and for the record, we forgot to announce this. I don't have corona. We, we totally just – Buried the lead. Yeah. I, uh, I tested negative. Yet. Well, I mean, if my dad keeps going to the – he went to the bowling alley last night to hang out. To hang yeah. out. Imagine risking COVID not to not even partake in Who that. Who is he hanging out with? Are there uh, a bunch of other seventy-year-old men drinking at the bowling alley right now in Cincinnati? I don't know. I guess. I can't believe this pandemic won't go away. I mean, it's unbelievable, right? 
Guys, should we get should we get nachos? Should we do a plate? Should we get some nachos? Let's <laughs> share though. Not, not each around. It's like, hey, uh, double dipping during the pandemic. Is that ah? It's a hoax. It's just about the election. Double dipping is fine. Just turn just turn the mozzarella stick over. You can't dunk the same end twice. You know what's crazy? He's not even one of those hoax people. He's not even. He knows the realness of it. He he literally rolled down his window yesterday. I was coming back from a run. And he's pulling out of the driveway. I said, where are you going? And he had a smile and he goes, I'm going to Corona Central, the bowling alley. He knows. He literally knows. He doesn't care. I have, a, I have a Nintendo Wii that has bowling on it. Can I send it to you, Andy, and just hook, up, hook Walt up with the Wii? Let's make it happen. Prano, are you staying, uh, you staying refreshed with some Miller Lights? You know I am. I, uh, it's, it's Thursday. It's the greatest day in of the week in my opinion that pre-weekend and uh you know right after the show i'm drinking i'm drinking some coffee right now but it's not long before i crack open my first miller light of the pre-weekend and i am excited i am i'm definitely i don't know what the caddies and the club are going to think about it but i'm going to be carrying more miller lights than i am balls at pebble this weekend i love it and and, and what's great is i know a lot of people are at their houses. They're limited to where they can go. The best part is that you can get it delivered directly to your front door. How convenient is that, Joe? It's fantastic. I get everything delivered these days. The idea of going anywhere for anything, the supermarket, it's ridiculous. If they're delivering Miller Lite, they're delivering anything else you need. Exactly. So guys, get you some Miller Lite. Miller Lite, the original light beer while you're home. Enjoy a classic. Like I said, available for delivery today. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. You know, okay. uh, on Tuesday, Andy, when Tug and I golfed, I didn't, I didn't buy us any beers because I was like, you know, Tug's squeezing it in. Tug's got 45 minutes uh, carved out in his day to play nine holes. And uh, Tug was like, oh, we got to get a couple Miller Lights. Doug doubles back while we're on the first tee, grabs some Miller lights. I mean, and, and, it, and it changed around. We played great because of it. Tug, it was the only, only thing I could think of drinking when we're together. Doug, yeah. you're such a company man. You, you got to really a company man. He's a company man with a beard. I love it. Let's talk NFL. Finally, let's get to my favorite sport. I'm a little worried, guys. I think we're headed towards baseball as far as these negotiations. I mean, it, it is the exact same issue, correct? Is it? I, I believe it is because now they've agreed, Joe, to eliminate preseason, which is great. Yeah. You know, they've agreed on this daily testing. By forever. Uh, yeah. The, the technologically contract tracing, which is going to cost the league about $75 million. They've agreed on that. But from everything I've read, it's headed towards what's going to happen, possible salary changes and pay cuts, which to me, like you said, reeks of Major League Baseball all over yeah. again. Yeah, Talking and it and it's ridiculous because these these are massive, you know, uh, collections of owners. Obviously, these leagues are just thirty billionaires that that pick some guy, some yes man to to do their bidding, and we know how much we know how profitable it is to be the owner of an NFL football team, unless you are super, super dumb. 
So the idea that these guys are going to be like, well, if we, you know, we only play 12 games and not 16, we can't pay these guys. It's like, it's absurd. Yeah. Tug, what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah. You know, I, I have the most concern for the NFL in completing their season for various reasons. One is for labor reasons. The other is just trying to figure out how to navigate so many people together, uh, not only physically touching each other, but also just being around each other. It's, it's, and also it feels like so much time was wasted in, in figuring out uh, some sort of system to give yourself the best chance to navigate the season. I'm, I have concerns. I just, I really do. And I, you know, so do you think, do you think the NFL goes off in the first place? Do you think week one kickoff happens as scheduled? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it has a better chance of starting than finishing. Um, but yeah, my, my, my concerns are that I just don't know if they've, they've, they've thought about this enough. Like, you know, it's, it's funny. We always talk about like, Joe talks about the, the commercials that you see on the NFL with like Ford and Viagra. And uh, it's just sort of, it's sort of like um, the owners have just kind of played willy nilly in the same sort of thing. Like we'll figure it out when we need to, you know, it's just kind of like, it's just really on brand somehow for the NFL. Well, here's why I think if they can, and, and I agree with you and I've flip flopped on this a dozen times since the pandemic started, but I do think week one kicks off. And the reason that I think they finish if they start is that the NFL has proven beyond a reasonable doubt that they do not give a single fuck about any single player in their league. There's not one guy that they care about at all. They're all just people that they are using to make money. So the idea of protecting these players is ludicrous they haven't been protecting them for years they you know uh, they had they had people murdered who were doing you know concussion uh trials you know like there's so much evidence that the nfl doesn't care about its players that the entire tampa bay buccaneers including tom brady could come down with coronavirus and die from it and they're going well look you guys get a buy. The rest of the NFC South gets a buy. We don't care. Yeah, it's interesting that you say this because I'm as a, as you're talking, I'm trying to think of a player that could make a statement. Where, if, for example, if LeBron says, "I'm not, I don't feel comfortable. I'm not playing this year," has the biggest chance to shut down his own league. Do we, is there any player or any composite of players in the NFL that we like? Listen, we're not going to play, and they say, "Well, thanks a lot. We're going to keep moving on." I mean, you, what, you would, what I honestly think you would have to have is I think you would have to have, like, the 30 quarterbacks. Yeah, I think you're right. You would need – or, like, or you would need, you know, the top 10 NFL quarterbacks to all say, like, absolutely not. But Tom Brady will never do it. And, uh, you know, no. Tom Brady is – I was saying this to you guys in the previous months, but, like, what people are hurt by – Tom Brady hasn't even stopped kissing his kids on the mouth since the pandemic started. But, you know, he knows his time is of the essence. He knows he, you know, he, he knows one more season it's, it's done, you know, so yeah. he, he's got to play this year. He's on a mission. 
So he'll never say anything to prevent the, 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 you know, the season from happening, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I just – but you're right, Joe. That's, that's, a, that's my takeaway, too, uh, yeah. is that the NFL does not care about these players. And until the players figure out a way to create some sort of mutiny to get things they deserve, like some you know, more guarantees or whatever – it's, it's just going to keep moving on, business as usual. Yeah, I agree with you guys as well. And I, I think you would need – you would basically need Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. I mean, I, mean, I think you need, yeah, five to seven of your star quarterbacks to say we're not playing because that's – I mean, even – okay, let, let's take Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, he's the – We've never seen anything like him in the history of the league, right? Even if Mahomes said, I'm not playing, they'd be like, whatever. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And he's the LeBron James equivalent, right, for the NFL. And they'd be like, cool, whatever. Yeah. Business as usual. I they mean, were like, we, we, we were a thriving league before the Chiefs. We were a thriving league before Patrick Mahomes. We'll be a thriving league without Patrick Mahomes. And, and they don't care. And they don't care about the fans. And that's why I put this on the rundown today. I mean, it's – it's wild. I kind of want, want him to do it just to see the tweet replies uh, to Schefter's tweet. I mean, the, the kind of people that would be like, I, I'm not even going to get into it. Let's well, just... and anything I'll say is about, you know, talking about the ads that we're seeing, like it just, we're not saying that every, you know, not every person does, believes in the, that there's a hoax, but like it seems to be a correlation to the people that, you know, that the NFL caters to and their, and their, their ad buying are the people that are also the non-believers in the virus. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's somehow being politicized without, without trying to be political about it. So, somebody, should, somebody should make a link to, between Corona and people's dicks not working. And then maybe these guys uh, who the NFL caters to with their ads would start paying attention. But, but you, mean, well, you, 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 mean, you mean if I wear a mask, I don't have to sit in a matching bathtub with my wife holding hands over a, a valley? You bring up a good point, though. It's like what – I'm sure you guys talked about this on your podcast. Like what helped change the name in Washington? It was, it was the money. So when is the money? You know, as, as, uh, as my friend Tony Kornheiser always says, you know, the answer to all your questions is money. Well, it is. And, and speaking of money, to prove that they don't care about anyone, including the fans. I put this on the rundown as someone who's had the Sunday ticket now for three straight years no one is talking about this and i even put it into twitter and i'm like why is no one talking about it? i got an email for my annual renewal for the nfl sunday ticket they raised it 120 dollars yeah i mean i mean guys like uh, you really can't understate this enough the, these are the prices from the last few years 2017 it cost 200 dollars 2018 236 2019 278. Okay, I see a trend. They're raising it $36 a year. Whatever. Totally understandable. I can deal with that. They raised it 120 this year. So they raised it almost four times the amount this year with zero explanation. Well, there's an explanation. The, the explanation is this that uh, there's no fans. The, the, the Sunday ticket concept is to direct tv what howard stern is to sirius xm without it 
they are not a company anymore. Sure. When, when the exclusivity of Sunday Ticket leaves the satellite and the streaming platform of that exclusive thing, DirecTV ceases to exist from one day to the next. When they finally open the gates and go, anybody can get it on, you can get it on, you know, Spectrum, you can get it on your cable provider, you can get it whatever. Once, and honestly, once the people who are sitting in matching bathtubs with their wives calling the coronavirus a hoax and have no idea how to stream something age out and everybody goes to the streaming everything all the time thing, it's done. They are holding on to that so desperately because it's their only chance of surviving. Well, is they have an exclusive thing to broadcast to all of the NFL games. It, it's just the AT&T U-verse DirecTV yeah. conglomerate, whatever it is. But it's the balls. Like I said, if we're looking at the precedent of the previous three years where they're raising it 36 bucks a year, whatever. Again, span that out over a 17-week season. Cool, you're raising it $2 a week. That doesn't bother me. But when you're going to do this in the middle of a pandemic, a middle of an economic depression, it's, it's mind-boggling that you would do that now. And, and look, I'm probably abnormal because it's a tax write-off for me, like straight up. I can do that. It's a tax write-off. So the price really doesn't affect me that much. But dude, if you're a you know, family of four or five people, that's a huge increase. Like, that's one of those you would hope people would just give the middle finger to not only DirecTV, but also the NFL in general, because it's, it's just, I know what you're saying, Joe. My, but, uh, I, I just want you to know, I've got a chime in uh, from my manager and our football economist uh, of the podcast. She's saying that the price was raised significantly because there are no sports bars, so everybody will have to watch at home. And so, you know, I think also the sports bars played, paid a premium price. They had, to, good, pay, they had to pay even significantly more than we do to broadcast the games. But We're going know, to the bowling alley, Joe. Yeah, exactly. But it, <laughs> you know that. But it, I actually think that this is a terrible uh, strategy because in the end – the NFL and this, you know, AT&T, U-verse, DirecTV, they're going to – you definitely make more money selling it to a consumer directly. This is – I've been talking about it since this all started that I'm just not going to go to bars at the same rate that I used to prior to all this. You won't. Hey, hey here's, a, here's a prime example. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. My brother said uh, – he's in commercial real estate, RIP his business, by the way uh, – so he said that whoever owned across the river was a bunch of stuff in Northern Kentucky, across from the, directly across from the Reds ballpark. They were basically doing a party, a, a, a viewing party, right? Opening day for the Reds. And it's, the Reds opening day is always a big deal. So he sent out this email and he said, the first 15 people to respond, uh, you can bring a group of three. It'll be socially distanced. You know, it's all spaced out, but tons of TVs, whatever. He, had to, he kept sending emails. My brother goes, people are like you. He couldn't get 15 groups of three willing to sit in a room with food and drinks to watch the Reds tomorrow because people are like, no, man, Corona. Yeah. 
So I but, think this but really also is- all of us, you know, getting beer and food delivery at home every day. Like there's a lot of people that didn't know that this was an option to just like, Hey, I'll have a 12 pack and some wings show up to my house and I'm going to watch it at home. You would have thought that the NFL would have smartly embraced, keep it at the same price, grab all of these people in the year where it's their only option. And just like we all, anybody who's ever signed up for Sunday ticket knows they just renew you. Yep. They just renew you. If you want to cancel, you got to cancel. Exactly. So what they should have done this year is kept it the regular price or done some sort of pandemic pricing and then re-upped everybody next year when sports bars were a thing again without their permission. But instead, now everybody's going, whoa, it's $120. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll still get it. My brother will get it. I'll go to his place. We're social distant family. Like, it, it, sometimes it's the NFL is undefeated with short-term strategies for long-term problems. They're undefeated. Yeah. I, I just, like you said, and, and the email, and you're right, for people who don't know, they automatically renew you. And the email that I got, wh- what you said and what your manager and what Randy had texted you, it's great to hear that because those are points I never thought of. But why don't they spell it out? I'd be way more understanding, right, if in the email it's like, well, the price has increased because of this. Just the generic, hey, we're going to start charging you August 28th for Sunday ticket. You have to cancel if you don't want it. But just think about just think about a comparison. This is the NFL. This is like signature NFL move. Just imagine that the first, you know, let's let's say this weekend, today, you go. I want to uh, I want to get some wings because it's opening day. I'm going to get some wings and I'm going to get some beers. And you order Uber Eats. You order Buffalo Wild Wings, and, Bu- and Buffalo Wild Wings is like a dozen wings is now fifty dollars. Because you're not coming here and eating it at our place where we know you're going to pound a bunch of beers. So, sorry, it is the way it is. Uh, there are no sports bars anymore, so fuck you. You'd be like, I'm never eating Buffalo Wild Wings again. But the NFL is doing exactly that. Yeah. Well, I'll also say that Postmates does that. So, it's, yeah. it's, people do gouge. We're, we're in the gouging business, oh, gouging world now. And well, it's it, part of that. I mean, it's good, fellas. Fuck you, pay me. It's 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 literally turned into that with the yeah. the service fees and the delivery charges and, and all those things. Well, look, Tug. I think you have to be somewhere. Is that correct? I do. I have to go take. I'm on, I'm on duty to watch my my kid, who most of you met earlier in the episode. Got to make sure he's on the mend. Future star, right there. Yep, that's my guy. And um, but I I want to jump on and, and just just reconnect with you guys since I talked to Andy about his place once a week, send him uh, mail photos, saw Joe this week and I want to wish you the best. Um, I, I, last thing I'll say just to, before I let you guys go, Joe, how are you documenting this Sunday's round? You know, uh, we've been doing a couple of different things over the, over the course of this two weeks. You know, uh, I've had, I've had somebody shoot my last two rounds uh, besides the one I played with you, like legitimately, but there is, you know, the, the whole two weeks to Pebble thing and the hundred is like, it was more for me than it was for anything. It's like, hey, if I turn this into content, that'll motivate me to go out there and like figure it out. So I don't go to Pebble and embarrass myself because I want to sh- play well enough to have a good time. And that's still a part of it. I'm going to be taking a lot of videos myself and Instagrams 
I'll be Instagram living it at Joe Prano, you know, not Instagram living it, but putting up a lot of stories. I'm sure I'll have a lot of people taking stuff from me, but there's still a part of it that I go, I want to be there in the moment, uh, enjoying Pebble Beach. So it, it probably won't be a ton of content uh, from the day itself, uh, but there'll be, there'll be plenty, you know? That's my recommendation too. I mean, if you have someone there to, you know, to, to help, you know, obviously on, uh, authenticate the bets, yeah. but you need to be enjoying the experience. If you get a nice day, it's one of the best walks um, in, in sports. So, so I, want, I want to ask you one thing before you go, Tug, because you know, I, I definitely want to figure out uh, a way for the, for the dirt balls to, you know, uh, it seems like some dirt balls want to invest in this one way or the other, whether for or against me. Maybe I'm thinking about what I could do is do sort of a 50-50 raffle. And, uh, you know, for 20 bucks, pick a score closest without going over gets half the pot and the other half goes to a charity. Um, if I were to do something like that, and this is me kind of previewing the potential of doing something like that, what would you, what would be your score bet? Um, Conditions unknown. Yeah. I mean like what I like, the, I like the double bogey golf. I mean, I think that to me seems like the number one, what is that, 110? 110, something like that. You know, um, but also you could do some squares. I mean, there's, there's some fun things to think about for your number. Um, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to, to contribute as well. I want the money to go to charity. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited for you. So just, you know, good luck. Uh, Andy, out. Uh, well, well, yeah, how about this? Doug's Let's a great just, golfer, by the way. Yeah. I, that's what I learned on, on Tuesday. Well, I play, it's the first time I played this year. I did have some, a few shanks. So Joe's, Joe's being nice, but you know, I, you know, I think you saw some of the old game come out, but a, a nice, a nice, solid, smooth swing. You yeah. shocked me that you played righty. I was so excited for some lefty, like craftiness. Little fill action. Some exactly. Sneak. I re reverse it up. I even said in my preamble that I did in the car, I was like, lefties are always sneaky and weird and crafty. We always call them crafty, but it's more sneaky. Right. And uh, I thought I was going to get some of that lefty sneakiness, but he comes with a smooth right-handed swing, playing in some dad shoes, playing in some gray, <laughs> gray velour-style New Balance that I think he got in high school. He's been playing golf in those every year since high school. True. I tried to find my, my, my golf shoes, but my, my, my forerunner is obliterated with kid stuff, and I just couldn't dig through it. <laughs> Well, look, I think we should just wrap up the episode. It's been a fun episode. Tug, where can everybody follow you on Twitter? Yeah, I got some great stuff happening, guys. So continue to, to follow me or find me on Twitter at Tug Coker, Instagram at Tug Coker. I, uh, I got some big news, hopefully, to reveal in the coming weeks. Um, so, but as always, it's a great to, to, to hang out with the Dirt Balls. And, and Andy and Joe, thanks, as always, for having me on. Always a pleasure having you on. You guys can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Dirty Sports. Me at Andy Ruther. Joey, what about you? At Joe Prano on Instagram. Uh, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Um, stay tuned to my Twitter about you know we're gonna we're gonna find a way for you guys to get some action on this. I will sort it out in the next couple of days. Uh, so uh, stay tuned to my Twitter at Fix Your Life and uh, subscribe to my YouTube. That's where you get the first. Uh, debut of each episode of Two Weeks to Pebble. It's, uh, it goes to YouTube first. So subscribe to my YouTube, which is easy to find. Put in Joe Prano or go to my Twitter and click on, click on some of the links in there. 
And I'm, I'm sad we didn't get to talk about it. We'll have to save it for, for next episode, Andy. The Kanye West of the NFL, Antonio Brown, has announced his retirement again. And uh, I know a lot I've, – I've gotten a lot of messages about how that affects you and well, certain, certain orifices of your body. We can talk about it next episode. He also announced you've missed today. He wants to play again. Oh, he's back. He's so, the Kanye, Kanye West of the NFL. So, yeah, he said he wants them to figure out whatever the discipline is going to be so he can play. So we'll save that in questions for next episode. Guys, have a great week. Good luck, Prano. You have the Ruther curse with you, which means you'll shoot a 75. Uh, Tug, stay safe out there. Thanks for taking care of the place. Yeah. Dirtballs, enjoy your weekend. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>